back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I gotta set up the other stream because DP is joining us now. We still got strict remote on the stream yard. We're keeping things rolling here on the block 93.7 the ticket. My name's Nate Brennan. He's the Husker Hall of Famer, nine year NBA vet Eric Strickland. DP join us for a little crossover too. You can join us as well. 402-464-5685. Starter Heyman text line Honda Lincoln Hotline. As always, we want to hear from you. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Starter Heyman Jewelers video stream as well. DP, welcome back. What's up? What's going on? What's happening? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Stricky baby. I was down in the Orlando streets. The house that Strick lived. Uh, the, the world that Strick built, man. I had to win to get look. It was it was fun to hang out uh in a pure basketball environment. Uh eight schools, eight different sets of alumni. Uh scouts are in the building, like different level of folks are in the building, good stuff. Um, and then pure basketball, uh, not knowing who your matchups are going to be, teams you're not familiar with, players you're not familiar with matching up, uh, trying to find out what your what your system wor- worked and whether it didn't. And Strick, I got to say, uh, watching Sienna for, for four days, watching them compete with the big boys and give them problems, give them problems without having four and five stars up, up and down the roster, Look, that was a disciplined, well-playing basketball team. They were fun to watch, and they give me hope uh, that Nebraska can get it right. Because Sienna was giving was giving Memphis and folks the problem. Like it was, it was, it was fun to watch. So, and then watching the Huskers play the brand that they played, uh, they played. against Florida State was a, was everything. So, good stuff all the way around. Nate, what are you doing? 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 Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? All right, we're going to mute Strick. That is fantastic. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. That is fantastic. I don't know what that was like. That was a pure mix. That was like DJ. We had a little bit of everything going on there. DJ Nate so and so. Oh, Nate Brennan on the ones and twos. He had a little echo going. He had it. <laughs> that was spectacular, man. Uh, even though unintentional. We should be good. I still don't know what's going on here. Rico's I, trying to figure I, it out. I, I don't how about know. now, Strick? How do we sound? Can you hear me? Yeah, we, oh, there we there go. There we go. How about that? Yeah. Look at that. Rico's taking over. Strick, you're good now. Now we got Jay yeah. Foreman in here. Yeah. He got it. He got it going. We can't hear you now. He just muted you again. He, <laughs> like he just himself. muted him again. He so. muted himself. Okay, so we're good? There we go. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what's going on there right we now, go. but we have all four people all on right. the stream. There we go. Rico's what we call a wizard. So, so DP, here's the thing that I just – this is just a, a, a little assessment, and this is something that I've kind of been looking around the landscape of basketball in the college – 
um, area. And I knew that this would kind of be the, the, the baby, the birthing of parody in the NCAA ranks. Because when you came out of that COVID season and a lot of those extended um, scholarships were offered and then a lot of players and teams ended up getting extra year or so or two, that was going to translate to the Siennas and the Davidsons, more of them, not just your one-off, your Cinderella's, not your one stories, but it's going to go kind of a little bit more spread out because a lot of those top tier type players that may have been recruited, but have been missed. They may have been a three-star had they would have got a summer. They could have risen up to a four, you know, maybe a five because they were going to be the guy coming into that next year. They did it. And they ended up going to one of those type of schools like a Siena and they're, and, and they're, and they're making it really tough out here on some of these top notch programs. Well, they they stretched, they stretched Stanford, they stretched uh, Memphis. Yeah, Strick, it was interesting to watch. Um, like I said, the fans. So do you get out of your own vacuum and you, you you stop hearing the same people say the same things? And the Memphis fans, after they beat in a t- they beat Nebraska in what they thought was a brawl, was like, okay, yeah. So we're a six Sweet Sixteen team. Uh, this is the kind of season we're going to have. This is the talent level we have. And then two days later, after Sienna gave them the business, they were like, man, this is going to be a long year. This is going to be tough. All because of Sienna. And I'm going, man, these basketball fans are the same everywhere. Like, they they get in their space, and they talk about basketball the same way to each other. Sienna changed all that. They were like, we can't struggle with Sienna. Like, I understand a battle against Stanford and Ole Miss. We can't struggle against Seattle. I'm going, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, I think people just struggle with what basketball is today. And uh, me and Strick have talked about it plenty. You know, I think it's the YouTube age, the the, the, the day of these uh, so-called trainers where they want you to, you know, they want to want you to pound the dribble or dribble the 60 times before you try to get to the bucket. Um, you see that a lot in club basketball slash AAU. And then when they get out there on a the court and you play against guys that know how to play correctly, it doesn't work. And most of the skills that they should be developing when they're going to these said trainers or places or, or teams that they're playing on are just glossed over. And so it looks good when you get like, you know, when you break somebody's ankles because you give them 15 moves, right? Because they're just expecting you to finally shoot the ball. But in a game type of setting or when you're playing competitive basketball, that doesn't work. And the teams that generally can, you know, you know, be athletic and do all that stuff and do the, you know, do the things you need to do to play good basketball along with being superior athletes uh like all basketball players are and can and have the fundamentals and can shoot are the ones that are consistently good. So the Villanovas, the Siennas, the guys that they have to play a certain way to be successful will beat teams like Memphis that, you know, or you know, they're going up and down and doing fast break drills 90% of their practice when Siena's working on picking and rolling, hedging on defense, making sure there's no gaps for you to drive. Yeah, a lot of it is is what Strick kind of mentioned. A lot of it is getting those senior level programs where guys actually graduate through the program. Yeah, I mean that, that's huge too because they, you know, it's not the moment's not too big. So when you go through a grind at a smaller school, um, and the equivalent Strick might might be if you start with like um, like an expansion team or a lower level team, and you guys, and you know, say you have a like a draft class that's coming in, you take your lumps, 
and then two or three years later, you you know, like kind of like OKC, OK, uh, OKC, right? They took the lumps when they're young, right? Then as they start to go, and they're like, oh, yeah, we didn't been here before. That's what's happening when, you, when you're going up against these Siennas and all them. They had seen, they seen you before. That's the thing that these kids don't understand or these college players don't understand. There was, a, there was about a five- or six-year period where if you were bigger, could dunk, you could walk in the gym and intimidate cats. That's, that's nullified now. When you got Lucas, you got the Porzingis, you got the, you know, even back, in the, back when I was younger, the Tony Kuko, those guys, that, they'll hammer on you. Right, they'll, they'll. I mean, you see, dudes, when they got this overtime thing, you. It ain't just the brothers dunking on you no more, okay? You see, you see, you know, you know, Bob Smith or Brad, you know, Brad Jones giving you two, you know, some hot ones too, they, off the two hands, and then then telling you it's on your head, and they crossing you up. So at the day, at the end of the day, and then don't even bring them international cats in because they play more physical than Americans. Because you come down to the lane in the international game, put you down. Yeah, they clotheslining you. <laughs> put you down. The one game over there, the one cat that was supposed to come to the NBA, they said he got to wait another year because he drop kicked that cat over there. <laughs> hey man, look, we got players now over here doing doing side head kicks. You know, after scoring touchdowns and after dunks, yeah. we we get a little too crazy with it. It it was just it was fun to watch. I mean, these are programs, Stanford. Uh, Memphis, like Penny's, Penny's on the sideline against Leonard Hamilton, and you're watching them go at each other, right? You're watching them go at each other. And then Sienna walks in the building. One, they had the biggest crowd base that followed because it meant the most to them to be in that space, right? So they had twice the fan base of anybody else in the building, plus they hung out and watched everybody. They was loud for everybody. And to watch Sienna back cut teams to death. Just we're gonna back cut you, then I'm gonna run back out to three, make you trail me, and I'm gonna back cut you again. Right. And watching, you know, there was a moment where Penny looked, he looked at his, his his wing, and he said, "He's going to do it again until you stop it." And he ran it, and the third back pick dude gets the bucket. Penny calls timeout. They go over. He says, "Let me be more clear about what I was saying to you." He's going to run you out, take you to deep water, back cut you. If you defend it, he's going to run you back to deep water. He's going to back cut you again. He's going to do it until it works. Right. <laughs> and That's I, that old Princeton. That's that old Princeton style. Shoo, man. That's a, and, and you got to be disciplined. And in and, 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 and football, it'd be like Jay, Jay would say, you got to have gap integrity. It's right, the same day, thing. Yeah. It's the same thing, a similar thing in basketball. You've got to be able to understand what their offense is trying to accomplish, and you close out short or you go out halfway with a body with a short turn to be able to get back. It's discipline stuff. It's stuff that most people just don't teach those high-level discipline uh, actions nowadays. Strick, what, Strick, with the return of D. Walker, what, what, do, you, what do you look at as, I mean, the, the two games that he came back and played, what do you look at for Nebraska, uh, their ceiling? Because their offense, it looked like, number one, their offense obviously flowed a lot more. Um, and then number two, it seemed like everybody had, like, that sigh of relief. Like, all right, a guy that really knows how to space the court and knows how to make the right decisions. Kind of at times he was bringing the ball up like kind of a point center where he was bringing it, you know, having a, a definite advantage against Florida State. What do you think the, the, the ceiling is for this team? It may be not the win-loss record, but maybe more like the intellectual type of basketball grading system that you would give, considering that you got Blaze Keita that can take the pressure off from versus Derek Walker doing what he did in the tournament, 
or in these last two games, and then also having to be the big guy where he can kind of get out there and be. He ain't a small four. He's a big old four that uh, can be a you know a stretch a stretch five, you know, so forth and so on. Okay, uh, before I I really get into that, I wanna I wanna just say that teams like um, like what Nebraska could offer with Derek Walker. Think about it like you're a writer or you're a composer or you're somebody who um, is sitting there pinning out songs. And then you you see that you don't like that song. And there's those really good ones that you really don't know fully what to do with or it's not really coming together right now. You put it to the side. And then there's those other parts of the song that you grab and you crumple them up and you throw them over your head, right? Nebraska's in part of their stuff you sit to the side because there's some stuff you can do with it. But some of the stuff that they've had understanding in the early parts of this season that they were trying to run, I would crumple it up and throw it. That free flow, that, look, run sets. If I'm Nebraska, I'm running sets because that they, they've got different places that they can take advantage of. They can run some rip action, which is cutting through, get something to Greasel, get something to Bandon Mill, taking some uh, – uh, some advantage of maybe some mismatch situations on guards, run them down to the post, understand where your spacing is, understand where your cutters is. I'm doing that. If I'm Gary, I'm talking to Gary about every time they're in the post, you do not stand on this three-point line. You make a cut, you shift out of the corner or 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 up into the passing lane for that guy in the post to be able to see you. You've got Gary. Someone has to help. You've got weak side, and then you've got drive action. I mean, I'm coming up with something like that, right? And the reason being is because now you've got that part that you're working on now that you're saying, wait, we might have something here, and that's Derek Walker as an option. Because you've got Zach Eady. You've got Dickers, Dickinson. You've got even Jackson. Like, Jackson's good at handling stuff in the paint, but he don't like to move his feet out front. So you got guys you can bring out there, space out court, use those slashing angles that guys like Gary can bring to the table, guys like Denham Dawson, and start working some form of collective offense that guys know where guys are going to be and where guys are going to cut and then start working off of that. And I set that other plan to the side for right now, which they've been trying to run, and that's some of that free flow offense, some of that cut, some of that dribble handoff stuff. I don't think they have enough ball handling, Jay, like true ball handling, like guys that yeah. can create space, like real create, like give you that thing thing, hit you with a crossy, step back on you, hezzy, and then buy you classic. They don't got that kind of stuff. You right. understand? Yeah. So they've got basic stuff. Run. He basic just, sets. he just, you just lost ninety seven percent of the people listening. Oh. Yeah, man. You know you. You can't, you hey, can't just drink in his mojo, man. Hey, 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 hey do you mojo. know where you at, man? <laughs> We ain't never having a black coach or a black governor, man. You just might as well just deal with it. You know what I'm saying? My bo- hey, I'm gonna tell you like this. My boy Gabe Norton called me, and he and his brother used to be when I was in Houston. His brother was, uh, I think, the assistant head coach at Prairie View A and M, and Gabe played at LSU. Mm. Um, he's like, man, what's up? You know, he's just asking about Nebraska. I was like, man, what's wrong with you? He's like, oh yeah, I know. He's like, I'm from Baton Rouge. I know what it is, man. Yeah. It's just, it, it yeah, is they what don't, it they is. don't know that lingo. I, I like that Bayou Classic, though. Yeah. <laughs> said, yeah. I can step back, give you the hezzy. I hear you. No, my, yeah, my, my, my thing with that, though, Strick, is, is that Fred's got – I understand why he's doing what he's doing because he's got 
a new group. This is game seven of them. This is actually mm-hmm. game three of them playing together with yeah. actually having Derek Walker out there, having that group. So depending on the rotation, he doesn't know who's going to be out there at any time and whether they're going to react the same way to a situation. So he gives them rules that no matter who's out there, who, who's playing the three, who's playing the two, that they'll know what their responsibility is rather than them having to make an isolated play based on their skill set. He doesn't know who's out there, and he doesn't know who wants the ball well. Juwan wants the ball. He wants to be able to shoot three level. You don't necessarily want him to do that. So he's different than if Tom Monaga's out there and they're going small. So he has to have the rules in play rather than run plays. Like, I think that's – right. How yeah. that works, but give Tominaga right. credit and, though, because he going but, to the rack. But with with Tominaga, so here's here's where I think the next levels of progressions are. DP and J, I think with them, the next levels of their progression is understanding what people see in you in your scouting report. So, for example, they know they're going to run CJ Wilcher and Tominaga, who's their two best shooters. They're going to run them off the three. So you've got to know that off of that action. I need to either know I'm shot faking to the mid-range because you don't want to go in there trying to challenge the EDs and the Dickens and that stuff is getting tossed back uh, to to the uh, Devaney Center. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're at Pinnacle, but that stuff's getting tossed back to Devaney. That's how far it's getting tossed. You know, so you get, they've got to understand that. And I think take K-State starting to get it. He's starting to understand that these guys are flying out at me I'm getting into, he talked about it in his press conference today. He says, I don't necessarily like floaters, but I like K-State taking them mm-hmm. because he's figured out that I can't get to the rack. I'm not going in there to challenge people. <laughs> and I even think Grease on these, like guys like that have been getting that stuff tossed back in this tournament. You saw a DP, they were getting too far to the rim yeah. and that stuff was getting tossed. They were either drawing two or three. It wasn't as bad as the last team last year, but it was still bad. Yeah, it it, it was in in game one in game one against Oklahoma, of the first seven shots, three got got pushed. Yeah, and I understood it, but Casey's different because he's used to playing three on three ball, where he's playing against grown men who are bigger, stronger, faster, right. get off the floor. So he's learned how to finish in 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 traffic. Not everybody. That's not everybody's game. So. They still need to attack. Like, if he goes yeah. – they're going to run Casey off the three. They go, they go to the hole. And then he goes to the hole. If Dickinson comes over, what they did against Florida State was get the ball to Derek standing there by himself. Dickinson and the bigs can't be in two places at the same time. Exactly. So, you yeah. get up in his body and then give the ball to Walker, let him finish. Or That's Gary you, Cutting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they 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 have options. Look, I so enjoyed them against Florida State because it looked like – Basketball. Yeah, it looked like, like they got it. Like, for yeah. the first time, it was, oh, when we say pick and roll, we really mean roll. Like, we don't mean just kind of yeah. get to the basket space. Yeah. No, cut hard to the basket, do it with some speed, and then when you get contested, and you're going to be contested in the Big Ten, finish hard. And that was yeah. the difference in the Nebraska team against Florida State. Even with the seven foot three big out there, they still finished. Derek Walker went in his bag. Like, he went first time, he went reverse layup. Then he yeah, went left hand. drop step, left hand, right hand. Yeah. He went to it. He got in his bag. He looked like a different Derek Walker. You know what he was? He was like when Olajuwon took Shaq to school that time in, yeah. the, in, the, in the NBA championship. Yeah. 
He was spin moving on him and giving him the dream shake and everything, man. And then the punt, he punched him right in the face with one, and I went, oh, okay, this this one's over. Like this one, like that Florida State had made their run and had cut it to 10, and Gary and Walker went back-to-back, punched him right in the face with the Spalding, and that was ball game. Tell me, hey, hey uh, Eastrick, tell me uh, D-Walk ain't uh, – Marquise Johnson, Johnson off a of white man can't jump. <laughs> hey, Strick, I'm a Floyd. That, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's Marquise Johnson, 80. Tell me, I tell me that's for real, right? He went to the A. Let me go get my mask. Instead of going to the bag, instead of going to the trunk, he just went to got his bag. That's all he did. He's I'm going right in there. Marcus, is that you? That I'm putting amazing. cases on all y'all. I'll be back. Funny. That is so funny. <laughs> Strick, we appreciate you. We will talk to you uh. tomorrow. That will do it for us on the block. Old school. Coming up next, stay with us. 93.7 The Ticket.